Welcome back to the Thundercast. Today we have Hayden Coombs joining us. Hayden, how are you feeling today? Oh man, I'm so excited. We're eight days removed from college basketball starting. Couldn't be better. Yeah, so the reason we have Hayden on today, uh, Hayden, if you don't know him, uh, he's a great professor here on campus, teaches a lot of communication classes, lots of writing stuff, but he's also a huge, uh, I'll just say sports fan, I guess. He's at all the basketball games and stuff. He's real tight with everybody in the athletic department. So we brought Hayden on to join uh, Parker and I to talk about the upcoming men's and women's basketball seasons. Let's go women's first. We'll do a preview of women's basketball uh, right off the bat. So first off, I think with SEU women's basketball, it all starts with head coach Tracy Sanders. Uh, She's been phenomenal for SEU since she took over. She took over after they won just three games in 2017. Then she took them to eight wins, then 18 wins, then 11 wins last year, but they had a ton of games canceled. Uh, And that was even after losing one of the best players in program history. So Sanders just kept them relevant last year. There was a lot going on, but she's just been great. I I love what she does for this program. Yeah, she's been really good. I think that it was obvious, like, that we needed – a change, and I think that that's kind of what she brought, and it's been fun to see this team compete. I mean, I'm not going to lie in front like I have watched a ton of women's basketball, but I talk to Hayden a lot, and Hayden watches a lot <laughs> of women's basketball, and he's just – he kind of said to himself that, like, the talent that we had last year probably shouldn't have performed as well as it did. And I think that's largely in part because of the coaching staff that has been put in place. Yeah, I think that since Tracy's been here, her teams have outperformed uh, or overperformed to the the level that they really should have. I mean, like you said, Christian, she inherited a team that won three games. um, And she immediately turned that into eight wins and then turned that into 18 wins. And last year... Uh, the the wins aren't reflective of how good they did because, like you said, they they had a bunch of games canceled and they uh, they still finished fourth in conference. Like yeah, they they've been nothing short of extraordinary since Tracy's been here. And it's been interesting because I got here in December 2014. Um, really started working like January 2015, and that was SU women's basketball coming off of a Big Sky championship. Mm going to the WNIT and then it just turned into a nightmare and every season fewer wins more losses and to to see how fast Tracy has has turned things around has been amazing so on top of Tracy uh, they've got some real talent I think on this roster they've got a few returning starters first off I think Sharita Darty I think is going to be their best player this year. She averaged almost 12 points a game last year. She led the team in assists. You've mentioned, Hayden, that they're uh, kind of moving her off ball a little more, trying to get her more involved, similar to what Rebecca Cardenas was able to do. So she's going to be important. They also have Maddie Eaton. She averaged 11 points per game last year. I personally think she could have averaged even more. There were just some times where she kind of fell into slumps over, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, a few games at a time where she would just be not very good. But, I mean, her her peaks were really high and her lows were really low. 
if she can be more consistent, that would be awesome. Then, of course, there's Dari Dotson uh, with a new last name. She averaged almost 12 points per game, eight rebounds, and two blocks per game. So this is like her fifth or sixth year, right? Uh, this is her fifth year playing for SEU. Um, but like seventh is part of the program because she, she took two years off for yeah, an LDS mission. So, so been around um, forever. I always joke with her that she's been around SU as long as I have, <laughs> which is true. That was the that first full year that she was part of the first recruiting class I got to see come in in 2015, 2016. She's fun to watch, though. She's uh, tall and pretty skinny, I guess, is the way to describe her. But she's got long, long arms. And watching her down low in the post, she uses that to her advantage to kind of work her way around the bigger players down low. And she really fights for lots of rebounds. Like I said, two blocks also per game. So she's she's great. But, uh, yeah, she plays taller than she really is. And yeah. she's she's physically pretty strong, too. So she's never really had a hard time, like, holding her own in the post. I mean, it, it's funny to think about this now, but back in 2016-17, she was the Big Sky's sixth man of the year, or oh, reserve wow. of the year, whatever they call it. Um, I mean, I, I did the math the other day. So far in her career, she's played 109 games for SUU, and she still has another full season in front of her. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. She's, she's going to go down as as the player with uh, the most games played for SUU by the time she's done. Yeah, that's awesome. She's great. The one thing that I have noticed, right? We went and watched a few practices, Hayden is just I I guess I want to say a lack of leadership. I yeah. feel like we obviously just talked up Tracy um and she is great, but there's also a huge difference between having a good coach and then having a point guard slash anybody who can be a leader out there on the floor. Right, cuz you need that, right? You don't just need a, a the strong leadership from the coach, but you need it from the team. Um Christian, you mentioned Sharita, yeah, and now Dari. Those on paper should probably be the two mm. that emerge as the leaders. Like we mentioned, Dari's been around for a while. This is her fifth year. This is Sharita's second year at SU, but her fourth year, um, fourth or fifth year playing ball uh, at the college level. So it should be one of them. Um, they're they're the two veteran presents on this team. Sharita, in my opinion, is our best player. Mm. We'll go as far as she takes us. Um, but both of them are much more comfortable kind of being that silent leader. Yeah, lead I was going to say, from the outside, they both kind of seem really quiet. Yeah, and that's not what this team needs right now. Yeah, This team needs someone being more vocal. So like you said, is that going to be Maddie, who's going to take the most shots? Mm -hmm. Is that going to be, I don't know, Kinsley, who is one of the louder voices in practice, Kenzie Barrington, or Sam, who she also has, has been pretty vocal and been pretty good about um, being a leader on the team. But, I mean, Sam is – she just turned 18, 19, you yeah, know. because like, she graduated high school early, right? Yeah, so she's one of the younger people on the team already. Kinsley's a sophomore or a COVID freshman, depending on if she takes an extra year or not. So – uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see who emerges as that starter. And if no one does, I think that's a problem for them. I th the other big thing is, like, you can have girls who get loud in practice. You can have girls who want to step up and who want to be that leader. But at the same time, 
like you were saying with Dari, and I know it's it's just a preview and, and we have the, the whole year ahead of us, right? But the things that we've seen haven't necessarily been as good as she used to be, right? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to call it a decline, but she hasn't, I would say, reached her full potential that we've seen her reach before, right? So say that she does step up, it can oftentimes be hard for the team to, to buy in to, I guess – I don't want to say not the best player, but it's like it's that belief of like, oh, this person's saying this, that I need to do this, but, you know, who are they to, to say that to me, right? right? So I guess it's it's the accountability factor of, you know, if Dari can come in and do all these things, if Kinsley can come in and, and be great on defense and be loud and not make those mistakes or at least, like, admit when she does make those mistakes, right? Like, the leader has to step up but then also has to, like, make the rest of the team like trust her and believe her right which I think is going to be hard as well it's like uh like those LeBron James teams and the Cavs his first time around with the Cavs they're going far they're making it into the playoffs they even make the NBA championship one year and you ask the guys on that team well who was the leader was how was LeBron the leader and they're like it wasn't LeBron like it was Kevin Ollie or it was Mo Williams right right? it it has to be a player playing a significant role or else like you're essentially looking at another coach if they're going to be on the bench for 30 minutes a game exactly they're not going to be able to to conjure that i think the one thing that does give me comfort is they had this problem last year and they Mm -hmm. still had a really good season yeah like liz graves was our best player probably the best player in the conference not the best player in the conference one of the five best players in the conference though um she was second in the conference in points per game second in rebounds and she wasn't really that player yeah. either. And they made it work. Tracy made it work. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of more of the same. I guess we'll see who who steps up. But uh, if if one of them does, my guess would be Sharita. I think that's a good bet too. Um, so on to some key role players that this women's team is going to have. You already brought up um, Sam Johnston. I have her written down here. I think she's going to have a huge year in her second year here. Um, Coach Sanders' daughter, local Cedar City native, uh, probably the best three-point shooter on the team, maybe aside from Sharita. But I think she's going to come in. Is she going to be starting this year? Um, My guess is that she will. I I think. Or right off the bat. I think she'll start the season starting. Um, I mean, from the team that started the first game last year to the team that was playing significant minutes at – the conference tournament, um, those are two super different lineups, right? right? So a lot can change. But I say as of right now, it looks like Sam will. Um, and I think it's it's deserving, too. I, out of every player on the team um, that I saw last year and then I've watched them play this year, she looks like she's improved the most. And one of the things I would say that Sam has going for her beyond just being uh, – uh, a decent three-point shooter is like she has some of the highest basketball IQ on this campus, men or women. Like, you know, we we say the coach's daughter. She's not going to get time because she's the coach's daughter, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tracy played her like two minutes all last year. Yeah, she barely played in the regular season. But I think when we talk about her being the coach's kid, where that's evident is she's super-duper smart. She just sees the floor in a different way. And so she's a – 
I, I think that's something that, once again, if they're searching for leadership, that's something that you can rely on as you wait for that leader to emerge. Um, so, yeah, I, I see Sam having a, an increased role. Um, I mean, you have your your four starters for sure, right? You got Sharita, Dari, Maddie, and Kinsley because they don't – I mean, those are basically the four that, that yeah. are cemented in there. Pretty much just have to play those four. Yeah, and then you'll have the likes of Sam, Dela, Belina – um, kind of competing for some time. Aisha, um, I think she could she could find herself into the in the lineup eventually. So uh, it'll be interesting to see like just the way Tracy does things. I mean, Rita started every game last year, yeah. So she's gonna obviously be in the mix. Um, I think you're you're gonna see your four starters every game, and then we're gonna see kind of a more fluid. Are we going that real player. small? Or are we going a little bit bigger, right, um, with that fifth spot? And I think there could be three or four of them that kind of slide into that role. Yeah, I think one thing this team is really going to be struggling is uh, they don't really have any big defensive players. Um, yeah, I mean, we had one really good defensive post last year, and it was Piper Thornberry. Yeah. And and she's not on the team anymore. Um so, like you said, that, that leaves Dari, who's a solid defender, right? You got Kinsley, who's a solid defender. But Dari and Kinsley are both 6'1", 6'2". Mm-hmm. And then a whole lot of question marks, right? Yeah. Um, you have Briar Tronier on the on roster, who she's like my personal favorite because I love grit, I love hustle, I love elbows, I love the the real physical style of play, and that's what she brings. Um, You have Lizzie Williamson, who's like 12 feet tall. Yeah. And (laughs) that's it, right? So two players that did not play at all last year Mm. are now going to have to step up and be play significant minutes like that's that's the biggest question mark on this team. One issue too last year is uh, Dari kind of found herself in foul trouble. Dari fouled uh, out a ton. Yeah, she was always, always, hurt. always getting three fouls before halftime. Mm-hmm. And so there were lots of times where she'd go sit before half and then she wouldn't come back until like the late in the fourth. Yeah. So you got you got Lizzie who she's, I think, a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, that's what they got third here. Year at, third year playing college basketball. You have Briar who played a couple years at junior college before she came here. So – that it's, it's not like they haven't played basketball at all, and it's not like they don't have any experience to call on, but neither of them have played a significant role since they've been here, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up into that spot. So I guess on the flip side of that, do we have the ability to, like you were saying, we have some versatility in the lineup. Do we have the ability to just go small and be able to win games like that? I mean, the great equalizer in basketball is the three-point shot, right? Right. So I guess that's what I'm saying. What What is the three-point percentage? I was looking at some statistics just barely last year. Right? We only had two girls, I think, shooting in the 30% from right. three. That I mean, if we're going to go small, that's going to have to go up, right? If we're just going to get eaten up mm-hmm. in the paint, then, well, three is worth more than two, right? So, you right. know, we'll give you Play these buckets. Game. Yeah, we'll give you these buckets down low all, time, all the time, but we're going to be, right, making – 10 or 12 threes right. a game. Um, I mean, you mentioned Sharita can shoot. Sam's a great shooter. 
Maddie has had moments where she's looked like a great shooter. Mm. Um, Even at one point, I'm pretty sure last year, it was early in the season, obviously, like a few games in, but at, at one point, Dari was at like, I think like 45%, but then it fell off a cliff after that from three. Yeah, yeah cool. Those first few games, she had yeah. shot like... She made a couple. Right. She was like four of six yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, whew. Beyond that, I mean, Alexa Lord can shoot a bit. Yeah. Um, Aisha, like I, I mentioned Aisha, one of the uh, incoming freshmen, I think she's she has like really high upside potential. Um, Dela had that one game last year where she came in, was just red hot, but then didn't wasn't really an offensive threat the rest of the year. Um, one big, big question mark. Uh, for that will be Natalia. I don't know how to say her last name, so I'm not going to say it. But she was uh, kind of made headlines this summer when she signed with SUU because she's from the Republic of Georgia. Mm. And so she'll be the first Division One women's basketball player from Georgia ever. That's crazy. Um, and uh, in junior college, she was second team All-American. She shot like ridiculous, like 45% from three on the season. And she averaged like 15 points a game. So... It's not like she wasn't shooting. What was it? 47% from three, an average 15.2 during her career in junior college. So, like, if she comes even close to those numbers. She'll be solid. Yeah, let's go small all day. Like, yeah. do you we'll think just she's going to see and very bomb. much time right off the bat? Well, she, she's been taking courses online because she had problems getting her visa and getting back into the okay. country. She's so, here, right? Uh, I don't know. From what I know... She got here on Saturday, is what I heard. Okay, how exciting! <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's like the X factor. When like, we're done yeah. here, we should hustle over and see if she's there <laughs> practicing. Because <laughs> yeah, if if she's half as good as advertised, it's like okay, maybe she'll start and maybe she'll you know yeah. Um, still doesn't solve our problem of ha- literally having two forwards. Right, and that's the scary that I've thing. Seen any yeah, because time. you mentioned Dari. She uh, she struggled with injury last year. Uh, Briar, she always wears the big knee brace, right? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of She's had, like, 30 reconstruction surgeries on her knee. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, what happens? Kinsley is coming back from a torn meniscus. Right. She missed the last part of last year because of of that. Um, so it's like, if we lose even one of them, it's like we're scrambling. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, either Lizzie or Briar will have to step up real fast. I've yeah. noticed in practice... Um, they kind of moved Alexa Lord into a small, 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 small forward. forward. <laughs> um, so she's been playing in the post a lot, and she is like strong. Solid. She, she's she's a ball of muscle, and she's no one works harder on the team than than Lex does. Um, but at the same time, she's real short, and you like their first game is against UVU. Yes, UVU's got two girls that are like six five, or their first home games against UVU. They've got two girls on their team that are like six five or taller. So, like you, you can't play someone that's almost a foot shorter than them the entire game. You know, so yeah, because as hard as you work at the end of the day, you know, six inches is six inches. So. Which is why I think Lizzie's going to get a lot of early opportunity in the season. season. Yeah, you can't teach six five with yeah. like a six seven six eight wingspan. Yeah, and uh, I mean, coaches want to see all of their their players succeed but they really want to see Lizzie reach that next level <laughs> because she's got something that very few people in the yeah. conference have. 
So you mentioned uh, the UVU game. Um, so let's kind of transition into some important games for this women's team. I have that one written down as well. UVU, uh, future WAC rival. SUU lost to them 47 to 58 last year. And the then, worst game we played all year. And yeah, that was like, that was a really bad performance. And after that game, it was like, oh, this is kind of how the year is going to go. Then they come home. They had some huge wins against like GCU and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to rematch against UVU and it got canceled. I think so, they were scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we would have played UVU at the end of the year, we would have spanked them. And that was a tournament team. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm really, really interested to see how this UVU game goes. Um, if for no other reason, when we head to the WAC next year, this will, right. will give us a, a good idea. It's, it's crazy to think that this team last year, had we already been in the WAC, very possibly could have played in the NCAA tournament when we didn't get all that close yeah. in, in the big sky. So it, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens there. But that UVU game is going to to be a big measuring stick for this season. Um, Colorado on December 7th. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to SU's former coach, J.R. Payne, is coming back into town. Um, our most successful women's coach we've had in our, our modern-day history here. And um, Colorado's really good. Yeah, they're a dang good team. They, uh, they're a borderline top 25 team uh, preseason. I think I've seen them ranked as high as 30. Uh, in preseason polls, jeez, this is the team that beat Stanford last year. Um, so they they that is probably the one game when I look at our early season schedule, kind and of our pre-January schedule, that I'm like, that one is going to be rough. That's the, the rest of them. These are all winnable year, games, right? huh? That's the team that beat us in the playoffs. Who? Colorado, Northern Colorado. No, no, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. We're talking Colorado. about the University of Colorado. Oh, that Colorado. One right there. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. No, we're I was tripping too because they're year. coming here. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even Why? Is JR super cool and that's dope to come back home. Yeah. That's sick. So another That's big a big game. game. People yeah. need to be talking about that. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And the that, University of Colorado Pac-12 opponent is coming and playing in the Apex. Here. Right. And I, And I, we I, need to have at least <laughs> What other P5 school will agree to a home and home with yeah. us? Like yeah. at the very least it's a two for one, right? Yeah. Um but, Definitely. Yeah. Nobody's coming here. <laughs> no. And, and yeah. That's, I mean, people will now. That's friends in high places. But that's the other thing we got to look at is everyone loves JR and, and her husband, uh, Toriano. And so, uh, like, they'll have just as many people there cheering them on as we will. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Half a Cedar City's coming in there. Buffalo gear. Yeah. <laughs> so. I also have UNLV as a really – a big game, um, just a big name school. It might be kind of a rough game. UNLV's got a solid team, uh, but I mean, regardless, going and playing in Vegas, like that'll just be a fun environment for this team, and it, it should be a fun game. Yeah, I mean, I might be too much of a Kool Aid drinker, but I look at that game and I think that's a winnable game for yeah. us. Like UNLV's nothing that I think we should like find ourselves in awe of like not, Colorado not coming here, Colorado. you know? And so I, I think that, uh, you know, like Fullerton's a good team. UNLV's good. UVU's good. But if, if they play up to their potential, I mean, they should, they could have one loss heading into the Colorado game just because we play Idaho right before then. But even Idaho, 
they they kind of have the opposite problem as we do, where they have really good post players, but their guard play is pretty suspect. So well, so that that was kind of going to be my question, right? So we have Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, UVU, UNLV, SAGU American Indian College, SAGU baby, <laughs> UTRGV, and then we have two random Big Sky games, mm-hmm. followed by three more non-conference games. Yeah. So let's see. That's six preseason games, quote unquote. And then we have two conference games, three more non-conference games. So what are we looking at just out of conference on on our quote-unquote preseason? So nine total. Yeah, of those nine preseason games, right, like where do we need to be at for it to be like, yeah, because we have some gimmies in there, right, of of what should be easy wins. So what win total are we looking at heading into full conference play? All right, so – being completely honest, I 100% expect wins out of in the SAGU game, the Life Pacific game, and the Dixie State game. Okay. None of those three should even be close. Yeah. Um, Probably win University, Texas, I think Valley, right? I, can, I think we can win one of those early season games in California. I think we could win both, but I think going one-on-one in your first two in California – would be a success for this team where there is so many question marks. Yeah. One well, and one. you're just kind of feeling it out, right? Both yeah. both of those games for for both teams, right, are going to be like just feeling it right. out, trying Lots to figure out the marks. roster, trying to figure out the lineups. So I think one and one, I think, is fine there. One and one uh, against UVU and UNLV yeah. would be a bad thing. So we're looking at what five and two. Uh, we beat. We smacked UTRGV last twice. year. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. yeah. So six and, six and two. Six and three. Six and three is not bad. Yeah, Non-conference bad play. UTRGV is also a future whack opponent for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, we did play oh, last year, that. like we said. So. Yeah. So I think that uh, I don't I don't think six or seven wins is, is out of the realm of possibility for this team. Yeah. That would be great. And mind you, there are the two. We'll play Eastern Washington and Idaho. Mixed in there as well, but both games are home, so yeah. And I think we're we're much stronger than Eastern Washington is this year. Um, Idaho, I'm a I'm a pretty big believer that you always bet on the best player in the conference, and I think the best player in the conference is Idaho's uh, Beyonce Bay. She's <laughs> she's good. <laughs> she was unstoppable last yeah. year, uh, and I mean, and that was when. We were a lot deeper in the post, and she still scored a million points on yeah. us. Um, so I, I'm a I'm a pretty big, pretty big believer in Idaho's team this year, um, more than most people are, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think heading into January, you're looking at what eight and four, yeah, seven nine and, and four, seven and four, something like that. So. That's totally possible. Sacramento State and the 30th of December is going to be interesting because they basically have a brand-new roster this year, got a brand-new coach, brought in a ton of brand-new players, which either means they're going to exceed everyone's expectations or they're going to be terrible. Yeah. They got a couple of real big schools transfers in. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. I think I had them fourth in my preseason poll when I voted, um, but I think – the rest of the media had them like eighth or something like that. So that's another team that I think will be better than most people do. But honestly, I think outside of 
Idaho State, and Montana State. Um, anyone can win in the Big Sky this yeah. year. You're saying that those two are better than the rest? Yeah, Idaho State is yeah. amazing. That, I remember that. They bring Were they undefeated in conference last year? No. Lost like two? I think they lost two on the season. Um, I can't remember for sure, though, so don't quote me on that. Yeah. But uh, they just, both of them, return a bunch of talent. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what I wanted to wrap up with real quick. We kind of got to hurry. We uh, didn't schedule out the podcast room, so we're going to try and squeeze in the men's basketball preview as well. But you, you did the media voting for the Big Sky. Mm-hmm. So I want – you know, just as realistic as you can be, where are we looking at the end of this year? There are some real glaring issues that we've kind of talked about inside, right? Yeah. Not having any prolific post players, I guess I want to say, and I guess just the lack of, like, any bodies to throw at, um, you know, other teams is is definitely something that – you know, needs to be considered. So at, at the end of everything, and I know you already did your voting, but where do you see SU coming out at the end of the year? Um, what is a reasonable expectation for everybody listening, right? So that the regular fan can just kind of keep up like, oh, yeah, they talked about it on the Thundercast. We probably should have won that game. We probably should have lost that game. Yeah, I mean. I think outside of Idaho, Idaho State, Montana State, we can beat anybody in yeah. the conference. And I even think we could probably steal a game from from Montana State, mm-hmm. obvious, honestly. But uh, so I, I, I think there is that top tier. Like Idaho State is in their own uh, kind of their own category. Yeah. And you got Idaho, Montana State, Montana. I think Sac State will creep in there. And I think we're either at the bottom of that second tier, at that top of the third tier of Northern Arizona, Eastern Washington, Portland State. Um, then I think Northern Colorado and Weber State will both be pretty bad this year. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I would say we're looking probably a fourth to sixth finish. That in, would, in honestly, conference. I think that would be a win. Uh, like, yeah. Like last year, even, and we talked about it in our sports journalism class, like even making the Big Sky Tournament, and, I mean, we lost in the first round, but it was like, Hey, this is kind of better than what we were expecting. Second round, because we got a buy. Oh yeah, right. We did. We, have we a got buy. a buy. Yeah, like, that's a huge W. Right. So it was like, I mean, it's not awesome, but it's like, hey, better than what we were expecting. Yeah, and I, I, I think that will be more of the measuring stick for success this year. Is it's not necessarily going to be how many games we win or lose. It's going to be where the team starts and where they finished, right? Yeah. In the beginning of the year last year, like you said, watching that UVU game, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a really, really rough year. Mm, yeah. Like, I just – <laughs> this is so dumb. I got my uh, my gallbladder removed that weekend, and my wife told me when I was coming off of the anesthesia and I was just, like, drunk, the first thing I said was – we're in so much trouble without Becca. And I was like crying because <laughs> Becca had graduated we and all felt that I did not point. know what we were going to do without her. And watching that UVU <laughs> game, it was like, Oh gosh, I was right. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the year, it's like, no, this team could have won the whack. And yeah. this team can beat pretty much any team in conference other than Idaho and Idaho state. Um, and I, I think we'll, we'll see a similar 
growth out of these teams because, like we mentioned to begin the segment, like Tracy has shown nothing if not just brilliance in oh, getting yes. her teams to to build together, grow together. So I, I, I think, yeah, like I said, a fourth to, to sixth finish is where I, I project us to be. All right, you heard it here first. Fourth to sixth for the women's basketball team. And now quickly moving on to the men's team, which, I mean, everybody is really, really excited for. Undefeated at home last year and returning <laughs> just a whole lot of scoring and a whole lot of minutes. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of expectations. Oh, it's it's March Madness or nothing for this team, and everybody knows that. Um, th- like you said, expectations all, all over. There's a ton of talent. Todd Simon is a great coach. He's trying to bring it all together. And the question is, like, can this team live up to all these expectations? Yeah, I, I sorry, real quick. I like what you just said about, like, it's literally March Madness or nothing, right? We had D Barnes on here earlier, and he was like, that – <laughs> that regular season, like Big Sky Championship, like we've been there, done that, right? Like, like that's it, not that's not a goal anymore, right? We're talking conference champions and mm-hmm. and having a 11, 12 seed in the tournament because oh, yeah. that's you know that's what they really believe. That's how that's how good you know this team believes that they are, and they are that good. Yeah, like, and once again, yeah, I am a total SUU homer. But I've also spent a lot of my life watching basketball, right. and my professional career was watching college that's, basketball that's before I got came you here. here. He's good at what he does. All right, <laughs> everybody, shut it. This team is good. Yeah, like they have high expectations, and they should. We're talking about a team that was top ten in the nation for points per game. Yeah, yeah. right. We were what finished the season second or third. Yep, mm-hmm. in points per game. We behind Gonzaga and like Colgate or something. Right. And Colgate we, had some dude that averaged like thirty four, so it doesn't count. And we return everyone except Yvonne, who averaged one and a half points per game in the last six game of the seasons. Like they're so long story should short, be that. We high. returned everybody. We like, returned everyone except our starting center. Um yeah. Which isn't like just a complete non-factor, but yeah, like you said, the last six points of the ga- or the last six games of the season, not that he was unplayable, but our best five didn't include him. Right. He the last the last six games of the season, including the Big Sky Conference uh, tournament, he averaged one and a half points per game, two point eight rebounds, and thirteen minutes. Yeah. Um, on the season, he averaged four and four in eighteen and a half minutes per game. Yeah. Now Yvonne was six ten. He was a big body that stood there in front of the the rim. Right. Definitely did a lot of things that don't come up in the numbers. I don't think that those things are going to be hard to replace from the two candidates that we have on on the roster right now. So, um, yeah, expectations are super high, but they should be. Yeah, and I think one last thing, talking about, like, the regular season title, like, you talk to some of the players this year, and it's like, yeah, it was cool, but at the same time, we don't really care about that because we lost in the Big Sky Tournament. So what does it even matter? Yeah. Do you know who recognizes regular season championships? Regular season champions. Right. <laughs> no one else does. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, yeah. You it, ask anyone. I, you go find any college basketball fan in the world, and you say, who won the Big Sky last year? They're going to tell you Eastern Washington. Yeah. Eastern Washington is who they saw playing Kansas. Oh, right. Right? So, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> the, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, you mentioned Todd not being satisfied. I, I read a quote of his in another magazine that he basically said, like, not only do I th- think that we should be playing in the tournament this year, I'll be disappointed if we don't win a game. Oh, like, yeah. We they should be playing on the second be. weekend yeah. of of this tournament. And I so, just got cold, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and, and, and this is what Todd's been building for, right? This is the culmination of all the hard work Todd and John Wardenberg and Bryce Martin and Flynn Clayman and all the other assistants they've had come and go over the years. This is what they have been working towards. And, yeah. like, because of what college basketball is this year, because of COVID last year, we're the oldest, one of the oldest teams in the nation. We have basically everyone coming back. But at the same time, so does everyone else in conference. Yeah. Like, Except Weber State. Washington. Yeah. Eastern <laughs> looks terrible. Idaho looks terrible. Um, but, like, Weber State, they they look great. Any other mm-hmm. year, you're like, oh, man, that's a that's a 22-win team right there. But it, it, I don't know. It'll be fun. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So uh, players to know, obviously, Tevian Jones, uh, 16.9 points per game. Big Sky All-Conference first team. Uh, he was voted by Hayden and other members of the media as the Big Sky preseason player of the year. John Knight the third, 14.4 points per game. Big Sky All-Conference second team, along with Mason Fawcett, 13.5 points per game in All-Conference second team. Uh, and then to wrap it all up, you got Dre Marine running the show, 12 <laughs> points per game. And How is that? <laughs> Sorry, real quick. <laughs> it's... Literally ridiculous that Dre Marine is the fourth person that you get to. I know, right? When you're right. talking about our team, Big right. Sky honorable mention, a dude that would be starting for any team oh, in the conference, easily. and it's and like, oh, we got three Big Sky uh, preseason <laughs> all conference players plus Dre, who plus started, and, and one of the best SEU players. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's I was ever say played. Is last year he hit his 1,000th career point as a T Bird. That was a huge, very special moment for him. But it's like. Yeah, I mean, you have Tev, who's just amazing. The high-flying John Knight, who just yeah. steals the show. And then it's like, silently, Dre's over here, and he's probably the maybe second most important player on the team, Oh, if not the first. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I say I think Dre is probably the most important player on this team. He has that Chris Paul effect where right. everything just works better when he's on the court. He's so... Like, he's I've seen them play with Dre. I've seen them play without Dre. I've seen Dre in the second team play against the first team. Yeah. Dre's teams always look the best. So doesn't matter the preseason, postseason accolades. That dude's the engine that makes this machine go. And like you mentioned, like when he graduates and finally leaves, he's going to be in the top 10 of every major statistical category in SU history. Like literally no joke. Like yeah. He's one of the best T-Birds ever. Yeah. Largely in part because he's played so right. many games. Right. He's but been a starter regardless. since his freshman year. Yeah. This is his fifth year, you yeah. know. That's so. the way it goes. But, I mean, on top of all that stuff, uh, Dre's, like, probably one of my favorite athletes on campus. Like, I, he's so nice. He's cool. And, like, those are our four starters, right? Yes. But we also have Harrison Butler. Right. Who has started – 100 games since he's been here over the years, right, and kind of flourished in that six-man role last year. So it's – and that's the guy that finished the games, and so that's kind of more important. So really we got five starters back with (laughs) with Harry. um, And not to mention, like, how many other guys did we see 
play significant roles at different times last year. It's one of those situations where everyone kind of accepting their role, especially those guys that are only playing a few minutes a game, is going to be the bigger X factor than who, like than with the women's, where it's like who's going to step up. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, on top who's going to get their spot taken? Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say on top of that, having big names like Tev and John. As, as you talk about accepting their role, like there's going to be times when Tev wants that shot and John's going to need to take it. And then the other way around. And it's like, can these guys live with not always being the alpha? Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I worried about because like you see these guys on the court, you see who commands the most attention, mm -hmm. right? There's not many people who are as big and long as Tev that can do what he does. Same thing with John. He is an elite athlete. Not a lot of people can do what he does. Right. And so uh, which one of those guys are, like, going to be the leader? I was, in my mind, it's like that's what's going to hurt this team. Yeah. Is if neither of those dudes emerge or one of those dudes doesn't take the back seat when they should. Um, but I had a moment when I was talking to Tev before class one day, and I asked him, like, well, you know, everyone had their free transfer, and with COVID and everything, everyone entered the transfer portal this year. Like, who did you hear from? What schools? And you mentioned, yeah, a couple schools were, were kind of at him thinking, you know, hey, you should come transfer back here to the Pac-12 or this and that. But he goes, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about how special my, we would be, and I couldn't stop thinking about my Jeez. teammates. And it was like, just like that, it's like, they're going to be fine. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. That's good. And honestly, like, who emerges as the leader out of those two? I don't think either of them. I think it's Dre. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and and that's fine because once again, Dre's that leader that doesn't need to take all the shots. He doesn't need to take the big shots. He's gonna be the one that rallies them on the court and everything. So, um, yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I, I can I can like literally see a confrontation playing out where it's like we see Tev and J.K. Like, obviously, they're not gonna fight for the ball on the court, but like. You know, a, a trained basketball eye can see when another player is getting frustrated when somebody like, else yeah, is taking a shot. Right now. Yeah, I can totally see a situation where Dre, right, they always huddle when they're shooting free throws or when the other team's mm -hmm. shooting free throws. I can literally see it where Dre's going to pull in and be like, hey, you know, if you guys don't figure this out right now, we're going to lose this ball game, right? Because that's just who Dre is. That's who he's always been. The way that he commands the court, like you said, the Chris Paul effect, like <clears throat> the way that he commands the court – Every single time he has the ball, every single time that he yells something on defense, like everybody just listens. And you can see it yeah. even watching practices. Every time Dre talks, people people listen. The, his teammates listen. It's kind of like what I was saying about the women's team. Like if somebody steps up and the other girls don't, don't you know, respect that player or don't want to do it because that player doesn't work hard, like that situation doesn't happen because everybody knows that Dre is – Right, Dre's the leader. Right. Well, and that's one thing too. I was that always kind of makes me stop and laugh because, like, you look at John and you're like, okay, that's that slasher. He needs the ball in his hand. Needs to be driving to the rim, drawing fouls. You got Tev, who's a natural scorer, can score, can shoot from anywhere on the court. Right. You stop and you look at their stats. John finished fourth in the conference in assists per game. Yeah, yeah. he had five point two. Like, it's not like we're talking about these selfish players that can't figure out how to make it work together. Nobody on this team is one-dimensional. No. And so it's like, yeah, there are going to be those games where they focus in on John, they pack the paint, and you know what? 
John's going to figure out how to get eight or nine assists. He'll kick it out. There's going to be those games where maybe Tev is off and the the teams just shadow him all all game. John's going to have you know eight or nine highlight dunks. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that was that was one of my favorite things that D said on the podcast. He was like. I love, you know, obviously it can be frustrating playing with Tev and John sometimes because they, they're going to get their shots, right? But he was like – And they should. It's the easiest game I've ever played. I just sit <laughs> the corner, spot up, and knock down shots because they command so much attention. Anytime you have so, – like literally either of these dudes would be the best player on any team in the conference because yep. of how good they are. And we got them both. And we have them both. Yeah, they're the two most – like visually stunning players in the conference. Oh, yeah, right. easily. Like, you walk into a gym. And we're not saying that because he has red hair, but either, we yeah. get it. <laughs> either one of them, within minutes, you ask a basketball guy or a basketball mind, they will say that's the best player in the conference. That's the best part. And we got both of them. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, the only other player that on their own can probably win games for their team in the conference is – Bello, Jabril Bello for yeah. Montana State, just because we saw that, unfortunately, <laughs> last year. Because he did we it. We know firsthand. Um, but no, yeah, it's – it's. And and the one thing that we haven't even – Yeah, the one thing that we haven't even mentioned is how brilliant of a mind Todd Coach is. Simon is, right? And yeah. it's like – We spent th- so much yeah. time talking about Tracy, and Todd is probably a level or two higher than that. You think that Coach Simon is just going to let some, like, beef between two star players stop yep. him from winning a game in March Madness? Like, I, so, I just don't see it. And There's not a world thing, where that like, happens. My message to SU students always, like, we have two amazing coaches here at SU coaching basketball right now, mm-hmm. right? The day is approaching very, very fast that we will not have Todd anymore. Yeah. Every single person needs to become best friends with Todd he, because he's yeah. going to be coaching at – a very large university, and you're going to be like, I think that guy looks familiar. Yeah, no, <laughs> you should he, get to know him right now. <laughs> he inherited, like, I think Ken Palm had us rank the second worst team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That team that he inherited, and we're like, sports writers across the nation are tweeting about us. Like, yeah. I never thought I would see that. Yeah. And then we have Tracy, who's just like two years behind Todd. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Inherited a team that was ranked really, really, really low. One of yeah. the worst teams in the nation ranking wise and she's just where Todd was a few years ago. And so to have that at the same time, that's why I, I mean everyone knows I'm more of a basketball guy than football, but like I'm always just begging people, you got to come and watch these games yeah. because this is going to be the best basketball we ever see at one time in Cedar City. Well, I mean holy Todd's going to leave yeah. soon <laughs> and then guess what? Tracy's going to eventually leave, just like JR left, right? Like, mm-hmm. I literally think it's going to be the best basketball he's ever seen. Yeah. And ever will see, possibly. But, like, undefeated <sighs> at home last year, going to those home games, it's just special. Um, to get moving on, though, some players to watch. You already mentioned Harrison Butler, Harry, big guy with the big afro, uh, mm. chocolate swirl, as they call him. Uh, as he calls himself. As he calls himself. <laughs> <laughs> D Barnes, he's another kind of rotational guy. We had him on the show last week. Very, very fun personality. Kind of a spot-up three-point shooter. D's going to be the guy that steps up this year. I'm calling it right now. I think he steals a ton of minutes from other guys. Um, He picks up a lot of uh, early season minutes. I've been able to watch them play a few times. Dre has been been, uh, out nursing an injury, and instead of sticking Nick Fleming in there as the point guard, 
they've actually just had John, John at the one and put Dean at the two. Cool. And uh, I think we'll see that lineup a ton early on in the season because the that's dude is so just athletic. shooting so stop? well. And yeah, it's we kind of a big lineup. Yeah. That's we, weird because we're talking about how we're going to go small ball. 6'3", or what, John's, yeah, 6'3", 6'4", 6'7", 6'6", and 6'11". Like, that's kind of sick. That's huge. How, I don't see how you stop D and John. Like, D won the dunk contest last week. For those of you that didn't make it out of the basketball bash, uh, he said he's got, like, a 38-inch vertical. So he jumped over he jumped Spurge over, and Malik. Yeah, right? our two our tallest, tallest players. players. 14 uh, feet of T-Bird. <laughs> like, yeah, so stacked on top of each other, be actually. Be <laughs> <laughs> I had my son on my shoulders, and he jumped over us. <laughs> he could have. Yeah. You mentioned Spurge also. That's another player. Almost anybody you ask who's going to take a big leap uh, this year compared to last year, almost everybody says Spurge. Well, let's hope so because he averaged one and one last year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which puts him halfway to Yvonne. So, Um, (laughs) no, I love Yvonne. I I tease. Um, Spurge has looked really, really good. Yeah. Like, that dude, you heard it here. This is my receipt, okay? Okay. If he finishes his career at SUU, does all four or five years here, he will leave SUU as the best player in program history. Really? That's how high I think his potential is. He's He looks amazing. That's he, if Todd stays the whole time. Or, yeah. Do you think I mean, that's different? if, that's I mean, if Spurge stays if the whole time. Todd stays the whole time. Yeah. If Spurge stays the whole time, though, that dude, he works hard. He's added tons of muscle, tons of weight, but he's retained his quickness and his athleticism. Um, I think it'll take a while for him to get comfortable. Yeah. Because when you go from playing five minutes a game and he had, what, like six or seven appearances last year? Yeah. Um, It's going to take a lot for him to get up to speed. But once he does, like, once he figures it out, She's just going to be rolling. But it's like there's not a lot of pressure on him, too. So it's that'll help him out. Right. You throw him on... Even as a starter, he's, like, number six in terms of yeah. who we need to score because you still got Tev, John, Mays, Dre, and Harry Yeah, all assuming the scoring burden. So um, There is not a lot of pressure in that sense, but no, at the same time. At the same it, time, we do need a, a – a Well, no, center. but at the same time, if you talk to anybody, Spurge is the one that's going to step up. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, we said the same thing to D. We were like, who's who do, who do we need to watch out for? He said Spurge. Before we even finished the yeah. sentence. A hundred times, Spurge. he was like, Spurge, Spurge, Spurge. Right, so I know that there isn't a lot of pressure as far as like scoring goes, but at the same right. time, like he's he's the next thing. He's well, our five. We need him to be our five. What kept us from winning last year? The ran out of people Bella. who yeah. could <laughs> block shots it? and yeah. defend the rim. Right. So what does what do Spurge and Malik Muhammad have to do? Yes, they need to protect the rim. They need to rebound. Right. He doesn't need to score ten yeah. points a game. Yeah. I think he'll get there is what I'm saying. I think yeah. by the time he leaves, we're looking at a player that is just destroying everyone in conference. Walking double-double, um, as they say. There's There was a guy who Eastern had when I first got here. His name was Minky Joyce. Um, he was just the craftiest. Like He just toyed with all the big men in conference. Uh, I, I think that's Spurge's potential to be a guy that's so good at this level that he has to get NBA looks. Right. So some important games for the men's team. Uh, they're going to be welcoming UVU at home, 
Same thing as I mentioned earlier. That's a future WAC rival, so that's awesome. We're going to be playing Dixie. And the last home. time we played UVU here at home, it was probably the best yes. college basketball yes. experience I've ever had in Cedar City. That was <sighs> that was such a just electric game overall. Rest so in peace to Monty McIntyre. <laughs> we still love you. Oh, my boy. <laughs> um, D-Monty. <laughs> I also have University of Michigan. That one is away, unfortunately, in Ann Arbor. Huge school. That's a chance kind of to prove themselves nationally. Uh, the series against Weber is going to be exciting in state rivalry. They've got some really good players over there. And then, of course, Northern Colorado, they've got some good players. Um, well, we got an in season home and home against Dixie State as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't so know we played them. O- we play them at Dixie in our second game of the year on November 12th. And then they come back here December 22nd. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm, I mean, oh, once we're again, traveling to that. We're traveling to that Dixie uh, game. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. I did. We'll, we'll load up in the minivan. <laughs> They're they going to hear about it. Me, you guys, my wife and kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All we need. We'll stop it in and out. No, um, I'm more of a wing stop guy. But <laughs> the, that Dixie game, I think it's kind of a trap game because Dixie State is also a very, very well-coached team. Yeah. Yes. They do not have the athletes that we have. They do not have the shooters we have. They do not have anything that we have. But you know they're going to come in and play really, really, really hard. Like, they're still in a transitional year. So even if they won the conference, they couldn't go to – they couldn't be the rack, WAC representative. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not saying we'll lose either of those games, but Dixie State played us really hard last year. Yeah, they did. So – uh, we got to be careful with those games. St. Mary's, November 15th. Yeah, that's a huge one. That's <laughs> that is an awesome early season game. And that's right off the game. bat, yeah. Well, yeah. And we skipped over the you know, the Rocket Mortgage, Fort Myers tip-off, where we play University right. of Cal. We get Cal, and Yale. we get Yale. And Bowling Green. And then, in, yeah, in Florida, we're going to get the winner between Bowling Green and Wisconsin, uh, or Milwaukee, Milwaukee um, assuming that we beat Yale. And Yale's yeah. a very good team as well, very well coached, so – Let's just say we didn't have an issue scheduling any uh any big solid games. preseason games. Well, yeah, that's what year. happens. You kind of got a target on your back, but I mean, th- like I said earlier, with all these big games, that's when you know Todd Simon and this team is going to take advantage of the the national attention and kind of put um put us on the map before that uh, March Madness tournament. <laughs> yeah, no, um, being for real, I'm so excited gonna, to be the team that. We'll, We'll we'll eventually lose a game in conference, probably right. Yes. Well, I, I I think we have a really really good chance of going undefeated at home again, but we're not going to go undefeated in conference. There's a couple, like I said, everyone in conference is old. Everyone in conference returns a ton, and the Big Sky was good last year, right? We finished half a game ahead of Weber State. Mm-hmm. Um, we finished half a game ag- above Eastern Washington. Montana State made it to the conference championship uh, tournament. And so... We don't have a ton of horrible uh, road stretches, though. No. I mean, there's... We don't have more than... Like, we don't have more like than what? two away games in a row. Mid-December, we're we're home basically. Holy, all half of December and January, yeah. right? Like the one, the one that the only one that I can even think of that would be slightly worrisome is the Montana road trip where we play University of Montana on a Thursday and then Montana State on a Saturday, right? Both there, right. which is something every team in the conference has to do. Right, though. 
So and which I, but like you're saying, right? Like I can totally see us dropping a game right there, especially coming off of yeah. six home games in a row or whatever. Well, it's and, like, and you also uh-huh. have to look at like, like our travel partner is Northern Arizona. So when Montana and Montana State come here, they're going to play. One of them will play Northern Arizona. One of them will play us, and then they'll flop, and we'll get the other team. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. No one's getting hyped about that road trip to go play Northern Arizona, who's going to finish the season like six and twenty-four. Yeah, right. We're going to get their better look. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to be the team that they're resting guys in the second half for because they got to play us. Yeah. That next Saturday. So that's true. Um, we're going to get every team's best shot. We're going to lose a game here or there, but you look at this how deep we are. Yeah. Like. I think we that's didn't even the mention half the guys. Like is on and yeah. <laughs> yeah. two years ago was the one of the three best shooters in the NCAA, Nick Fleming, who he has just been defending his tail off He's in practice. Marquise Moore, who has had big moments. Oh, we didn't and talk about Keys. Yeah. He's played so many minutes for us last year. Malik Muhammad, yeah. um, who in the MAC averaged 6-6, six and six, started 14 games for Central Michigan last year. Like, we're built for – a conference tournament yes. run, right? We we've got eight, nine, ten guys who can step yeah. up on any night. So it's uh, being legit. Our next five are so you. Any one of them could be saying, a starter take, on a team in conference. Yes, you take Spurgeon, Fawcett, Tev, John, and Dre, and you're left with a team of Malik, Harry, D. Nick and Muhammad. Moody and Nick. Yeah. Like all five of those guys could be a starter on any other team in conference. Those five guys easily. are probably the second or third best team in the <laughs> big sky. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. So then you look our at the guys se- our second them. our second unit is gonna go in and extend our lead somehow. We are two teams deep, basically. Yes. We are we are literally We're talking full hockey line changes <laughs> is what we're gonna be seeing from John Simon. Calipari line he's, changes. He's sending five guys to the scoring table. That cost him a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Do the line change. Uh I mean we didn't even mention Amon Anderson, um, who started four games for Northridge Address last he was a twenty minute a game starter as a true freshman yeah. for Cal State Northridge. He's looked awesome in practice when he's when he has practiced. Anthony Swift is a recruit that we wouldn't have gotten in former years. Oh, right? yeah. And he, he can guard basically the two through the four, super versatile. Looked great. Martel He's really Williams, long. Who is probably playing the wrong sport. <laughs> like, that dude looks like. There's a chance he's playing the wrong safety or a running back. If you took a campus survey, I would say 90% of people would say that he plays football. I can't wait to watch him like Marcus Smart style. Just oh, like yeah, he's body big. up some yeah. skinny little six foot guard from Idaho. And We're going like, to be worried about Bellow in the paint, and Todd Simon's going to be like, "All right, <laughs> check this out. Tell, Martel. I need you, Yo, Martel. He's got that low, that low center. Go in there, already. use your five fouls right now. <laughs> I need five fouls in five minutes. Yeah. Bring it on. The shortest power forward in the NCAA. What, what were you calling him the other day? A power, a power guard. Yeah, a power guard. <laughs> <laughs> so if. If you take away nothing else, take this away. This men's basketball team is going to be really, really good, and you need to go watch a home game whenever you get a chance because they need our support as fans. 
And on top of that, they're going to be exciting. So Honestly, that's the only thing that will keep them from going undefeated at home again is having to play in front of an empty, empty stadium. stadium. So Hopefully after the year they had last year, the word's getting out. Yeah. People have to know, yeah, you ha- especially you the community, go. right? Like, you I'm not even talking. Care, I'm not even talking about students. Like, if you're a student and you don't go, just shame on you because is, yeah, just yeah. go because you're going to SU. Like, why would you not? Well, and like also we the said, community knows, dude. Right? Like, it didn't go like unnoticed that we didn't lose a game at home. Nobody wants to go and watch teams lose. Right? That's why right. our football attendance I mean, is, is down. This is sending me down a, a, a whole different rabbit hole. That I know we, we got to talk hurry. for another hour about like. <laughs> How this community will support two and twenty-eight Canyon View High School more than yeah. they'll support uh, undefeated at home <laughs> SCU basketball team, um, but that's that's for another pod, I guess. But just make don't even like, hey, I have a free night. I'm gonna go watch basketball. Like you need to go. Look you at need the to plan your on, weeks. Yeah, go to sutbirds.com. Look at the schedule and plan your no, this NFL is, and. And spring semester. This is what we're really doing. Schedule. This is, and we haven't we haven't announced this anywhere yet. SU news. We got two season tickets for men's basketball, two season tickets for women's basketball, and we're going to be giving them out every single game to I love people that. online. Okay, right. If this is anything like last year, we will have a hard time giving out these tickets. Like it was like the same three people every single game that won, and it's great because that put. Four more people in the stands every game. Yeah. We're going to do it again. I'm going to buy uh, season tickets for men's and women's basketball, and all you got to do is like us, follow us, comment. We'll probably switch what platform we do, do it some on. giveaways. But we will. It'll be only people that listen to this podcast, actually. Yeah, we'll announce Sorry. it on the Thundercast. <laughs> <laughs> can only so win it. We'll ask his a dad, <laughs> Christian's mom, my wife. <laughs> and our podcast editor. And Ryan Bailey. And, and Nate. <laughs> Nate Rice. But, yeah, so big season ahead for both basketball teams. Um, very, very exciting. We're going to get the coaches on. We're going to get athletes on throughout the season. So, We'll be having Hayden on more, too. Yeah, Hayden's going to come on all the time. He's our expert. You guys really need more more Harrison and more D. I I know. I'm so excited. We can make that happen. That D podcast was great. I had so much fun. That's my son's best friend. We'll get everybody (laughs) on there. That's my best friend. So stay tuned. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hayden, thanks for coming on. We'll get you on again. For sure. We'll see you guys. Thanks.